literally translated as the way. And this is an ancient Taoist uh, text that has many translations into English. It's quite interesting to contemplate. Because they talk about Tao, Tao Te Ching is very much a reflective teaching that uh, that uh, is uh, based on the experience of emptiness, or like the empty vessel, or <clears throat> it's not a not a doctrinal uh, teaching, but it's quite closely related to uh, Dhamma. Sometimes Tao in Chinese, in Mahayana Buddhism, Tao and Dhamma are I mean, interchanged in scriptures. <coughs> the way, uh, that, or the Tao, the way that can be defined to death is not the way to life. The road that can be measured is not the endless road. From nothing the infinite universe began. From no number it countless things appear. From no name their limitless source will be known. Looking out its effects are seen. Looking in their cause is discovered. With words these are considered separate. With vision they are recognized as one. That's why when you think and and uh, try to figure it out with words, everything seems separate. You know, thinking is a separative function of the mind, discerning, separating, thinking, defining. So, so when you're attached to words and ideas and views, then everything is separate. You have this feeling of of uh, division as your experience of life. Me and you and so forth is, is the reality of one's life. When we think with vision, they are recognized as one. So like vision, in this sense, like seeing, right understanding, samaditi. To heaven, the 10,000 things are ceremonial straw figures, each made for a purpose, honored, then thrown away. To the wise, the people seem the same, being born, living, dying, all appear, perform their parts, then vanish. In either case, the Tao, is, the Tao within is not what is created. The Tao within is not what is destroyed, unborn, undying. It gives life to heaven and earth. As things of straw stand for those behind them, so things of the world represent the way. So this also, like saying the everything is the way. You know, you can things of the world, uh, the the conventions, the the uh, sense experiences and all that when seen in, uh, in terms of, of Dhamma then it, it's all it's 
the way, we're, we're cultivating the way. But then, like it says, the things of straw stand for those behind them, and like the symbols, if we just, the, the, the straw characters or straw figures are, are representing something. But when we're blind, then we take the straw figures for the reality. We take the symbols and the images as, as giving, giving them a reality when they're only made of straw. Nothing, nothing uh, worth anything at all, but whose sole function is to, is to remind us. So we, we begin to, to say, get beyond just the the uh, grasping of things. So things of the world represent the way. How can we? How can we make? How can we use our lives here so that it, everything is dhamma? I mean, that's a, ask yourself how to use the life here at Amravati, the monastic form, the conventions, the the things that happen here, the climate, the the culture, the the people, everything here. You know, if we, if there's wisdom, then we can use everything here for cultivating the way. Good, the good and the bad, the the, whatever. But if there's not wisdom, then we always see uh, things that we don't like as obstructions, or, or we we always seen we, we can't we can't use the world to cultivate. We have to control the world in order to. Thing, to get the illusion that we're doing something called cultivation development. The gateway to the highest understanding will be found in the lowest valley. From its stillness, the most enduring actions will be born. Within its mystery, the clearest answers will arise. Although it may appear empty, it will never be exhausted. The spirit of the valley creates life without end. And so this, this symbol of the valley, the emptiness, stillness, silence, it creates life without end. It's where that's where that's where every the, the ten thousand things arise is from the stillness. Uh, or the emptiness, or the valley, and the, the, the spirit of the valley. So That's why these are words, but apply that to your own experience. The stillness of the mind. And uh, emotionally, sometimes we find that very threatening, isn't it? What do we do when there's nothing, when there's, when there's emptiness, when there's nothing to do, when, when there, there's, you know, it's just empty and still, and, and emotionally, you can feel yourself getting very uh, kind of uh, averse to it. At least I, I used to feel that because because when we're when we're busy, involved in things, then then we we get we we we're, we get lost, we get absorbed into things, we become all kinds of things. But facing that emptiness, that stillness. Emotionally, we have, that's what, that's one of the values is to be able to recognize the emotional reaction. The way, how averse, how frightened, how 
bored how negative we can get. And then we want to have maybe interesting, exciting uh, things to do to get interesting, exciting uh, conditions absorb us very quickly. Something to do, something to become. But in the stillness, the gateway to the highest understanding will be found in the lowest valley. From its stillness, the most enduring actions will be born. Within its mystery, the clearest answers will arise. Although it may appear empty, it will never be exhausted. And the spirit of the valley creates life without end. Sensationalism will wear you down. The five colors blind the eye. The five sounds deafen the ear. The five flavors deaden the appetite. Chasing and killing destroy the heart. Precious possessions cripple one's mastery. They end up owning their masters. The wise are guided by what they know to be true, not manipulated by what they are told. This is common sense. Using common sense, they refuse to be misled, and refusing to be misled, they avoid being trapped. The heaven and earth are ageless. They constantly change. They grow. <clears throat> they escape confining limitations. Following their example, the wise go beyond themselves, receding, they are advanced. Being detached from their own images, they are, they are united with all. Forgetting fame, they are remembered. Being detached from their own images, they are united with all. Like it. This morning's reflection is puja. By hey, when we let go of of ourselves, ourselves, our personality and sense of ourselves. When we let go, then there's a, a sense of unity. But when we're very much obsessed with ourselves, thinking about ourselves, then then there's separation. So when I become Ajahn Sumato and obsess myself with me and what I think and feel and want and desire, then that, then there's a division. There's a strong sense of division, me and you. If you get in my way, if you frustrate what I want, if you don't agree with me, uh, and so forth, then then it, then it gets into kind of conflict or, you know, it's all right as long as you agree with me and you do what I want and, and uh, go along with everything I like and so forth, and, I, and that's fine. Sometimes. Then then you can feel angry, thinking, you're not being honest with me, you're just, you're just a obsequious sycophant. <laughs> but when there's no self, then what is there to, what, what is there to fight over, are you over? Because there's, 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 there's a unity, there's a union. 
and is one, and there's not a sense of that me and you has uh, isn't uh, isn't operating as a reality anymore. And like in the Paticca Samuppada, you can see that avicca bhajaya sankara. That 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 start avicca causes this division, this sense of, and it takes us to a, to to a real belief of uh, of the separation as reality, me and you, them and us. And then we then we say and act on this sense of me against you, me versus you. And then and then if you're not awake and aware, then you operate in the same way, with your full belief that you, you are a completely separate person. And then, of course, two separate beings with no wisdom can just maybe have kind of uh, agree to disagree or, or to avoid each other or to, uh, like the PLO and the Israelis are doing have endless trying to get along but both equally ignorant e- e- both equally convinced of their own right views and, and both trying to, to work out some kind of modus vivendi for living together but it doesn't work because basically they're not getting to the real problem the problem isn't being Israeli or Palestinian is it? it's, it's uh, Avicca Bhajaya Sankara. So then in the beings detached from their own images, they are united with all. For getting fame, they are remembered. Water effortlessly nourishes ten thousand things. It flows to places that the proud and analytical ignore. It is like the Tao. As the rivers run, those of Tao concern themselves with what is useful and efficient. Their thoughts are strong and deep. Their relations flexible. Their words reflect the truth. Their power is balanced and beneficial. Their skills acquired through experience. Their actions well-timed. Wherever they are, they are at home. Rocks are hard and unyielding. The river flows around them and forget. The rivers flow around them and forget. There's water. The image nourishes the 10,000 things. It's the cohesive element. It's, it's the love, the compassion. It's, it's that like, like metta and it's like water. Isn't it? It's, a, it's it's the it's, uh, water is often a symbol for the feminine. It has this. It's not. It's not inflexible. It's not rigid. So it nourishes ten thousand things. It's not discriminative. It's not going to water doesn't say I'm going to only nourish these plants and not the rest. It nourishes everything. Ten thousand things. It is like the Tao as compared to, to the Tao or the Dhamma or the way. As the river runs, those of Tao concern themselves with what is useful and efficient. Their thoughts are strong and deep. 
Their relations flexible, their words reflect the truth. Their power is balanced and beneficial. Their skills acquired through experience. Their actions well-timed. Wherever they are, they are at home. Rocks are hard and unyielding, and the river flows. The river flows around them and forgets. The rivers flow around them and forgets. The 10,000 things have their beginning in absolute emptiness. Quiet, complete quiet, energetically growing, restlessly changing, all complete themselves by returning to stillness. The wise see the action and its foundation. The foolish see only the changes. From a quiet mind comes vision. From vision comes knowledge of unity. And from knowledge of unity comes compassion for all. And from compassion comes greatness. From greatness comes Tao. And from Tao comes life without end. This kind of Chinese uh, metaphor, 10,000 things, that means everything. This hyperbo hyperbolic metaphor for everything. And the 10,000 Buddhas, city of the 10,000 Buddhas, is, don't take it factually like 10,000. 10,000 is a, means everything. The 10,000 10, things have their beginning in absolute emptiness. So that's a miracle, isn't it? Something that comes out of nothing. Something and nothing are then related, isn't it? They're not opposed. They're not like something and nothing are, are polar, polarized in, in, in fixed positions. But they're, they're related, something and nothing. And yet to us it sounds like nonsense maybe. There's either something or there's nothing. There's, there's a, we just see them as, as opposition. So uh, when we think when 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 we when we think of nothing, we think it's worthless. Nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing important. Nothing's there. Don't go there. There's nothing. And it, it is oftentimes seen as a, as you know an absolute nothing of an absolute void of of a nihilistic nothingness, which is you know getting stuck in, in an attachment to a view about nothing and then something or everything. So the, the 10,000 things have their beginning in, in absolute emptiness. Complete quiet, energetically growing, restlessly changing, all complete themselves by returning to stillness. So all the kind of restless action, changing, energies, growing, movement. It's, it's all this, this, this active side, all the things, the 10,000 things have their beginning and their ending in stillness, all returning to stillness. This is why when you're like, like, just when you're practicing meditation, when you're always trying to resist, like, like when you're caught in the desire to get or get rid of, then, 
then you're caught in the restlessness of desire. So you never, you have no place to resolve it. You not know, you're 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 caught, you're getting caught and born into conditions all the time. So you, that's why it doesn't work. You know, if you're just into controlling the mind and and trying to resist the, this and hold on to that and, and that you just it's a, it's a, you get despairing it's hopeless because it just there's no there's no there's no end to it and, and you're always going to end, end up as a failure by doing by by doing that and so find the place that is filled you know realize this, the true nature of and, and where there's non-grasping, there's stillness, silence, and then you have, then you can, then you have a perspective on the, then you can deal with the ten thousand things that that begin and end. That's no problem, there. So if you, where if you're just trying to sort out the ten thousand things. All the time, it's uh, <laughs> you just get get lost, yeah, yeah, totally confused. Now apply that too to to your own experience of meditation, the stillness and uh, the silence the no-thingness, the no-selfness, you know, and then then, then that's when the self does arise, and no matter what form it takes, whether it's good, bad, or pleasant, or miserable, or whatever, it, it's, it's still, it's, it's seen in, in the beginning and its ending, as in the stillness, not in, we're not, no longer uh, overwhelmed and intimidated by the conditions by the 10,000 things. So that's why the Buddha was saying all conditions are impermanent. You look, that's a reflection on the 10,000 things are all impermanent. So, I mean, it's a way of looking at 10,000 things in one, as in, in, a, in a way that you're not being interested in their, in how beautiful or ugly those 10,000 things might be. And they're, Beautiful or fascinating or or heaven or earth here in the in these Taoist texts they talk about heaven whether it's heaven or heavenly or divine or whether it's earthly if it's uh, just rocks or water or men or women or whatever it's uh, it's impermanent whether it's mental or physical and then. Uh, so that this 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 uh, contemplation of anicca dukkanata helps to give that kind of space, that perspective, <coughs> to 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 get away from being fascinated and intimidated by the quality and the quantity of the condition of the ten thousand things. And otherwise, we we just become interested in the quality of things, you know, whether it's refined or coarse, or whether it's pretty or ugly, or whether it's pleasing or unpleasing, whether it's pleasant or painful. And and in that level, then we're, there's no end to it. It's just a hopeless, a despairing situation of trying to sort out and control and hang on to the pleasant and avoid the painful. It's, it's just uh, 
an endless struggle against the the 10,000 things that, that we're con continually reproducing through struggling, through, through belief, through attachment. We, we, keep, we keep the process going because we're not letting, we're not resolving, we're not letting these things go into stillness. We're, we're just uh, propelling them onto the endless rebirth. And the wise see the action and its foundation. In that stillness of mind, and you see, you can see the self arising. See the action and its foundation. The wise see the action and its foundation. They're right there at this, at, at that, the still point. The foolish see only the changes. So, so when when we are foolish, then we're just caught up in, in the changes of things. And, we have no, we have no perspective. We're just overwhelmed by the endless changes. From a quiet mind comes vision. From vision comes knowledge of unity. And from knowledge of unity comes compassion for all. And from compassion comes greatness. From greatness comes Tao. And from Tao comes life without end. Or uh, Amata. Amatadhamma, life without end. Like this is Amaravati, uh, the deathless realm. So this place here, it's deathless. <laughs> when deceit begins, Honesty is discovered. When weakness develops, strength is recognized. When arrogance increases, respect is appreciated. When cruelty becomes common, kindness is admired. When treachery is everywhere, loyalty is rewarded. A nation of heroes is a nation in trouble. So it's like, like when everything goes you know, like when the deceit begins, then honesty is discovered. Like when, when, when we get caught up into, into the falseness and, and the, the problems of life, then we, then we suddenly begin to appreciate we want honesty. So when we live, like now, you can see in the society, we, we long for honesty, isn't it? Officials, uh, uh, presidents and prime ministers and leaders that are honest because we 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 have there's so much deceit and corruption and then strength is suddenly recognized when there's weakness or when arrogance increases uh, respect is appreciated respect it's not arrogant but uh, it's through these contrasts that we that we uh, begin to appreciate or or want, long for uh, the, the, the virtuous and the pure and the good. When treachery is everywhere, loyalty is rewarded. And then this statement, a nation of heroes is a nation in trouble. You know, I mean, out of all this, the honest 
the honest of heroes at a time of deceit and the strong ones when everyone else is weak and the, those who respect in the time everyone's arrogant or those who are kind in at, where everyone else is cruel and those who are loyal when, when everyone else is treacherous. The, these are the heroes. And so a nation of heroes is a nation in trouble. This is a, these are, I find this, reflections that, that help to, uh, help us to, uh, to, to remind us of, because in, say, in the, in this particular style, in, in, in the Buddha Dhamma, that the approach of the Buddha is, is this recognition, a realization, or enlightenment of the, of the, of the of, of non-self and non-grasping, seeing, being able to to know and recognize, realize that emptiness, that that stillness, where the ten thousand things arise, and so uh, you know, when nibbana, the word nibbana, realization of non-attachment, of non-grasping. We, and, and anatta, realization of non-self, enlightenment of it, seeing things as they are. That it, but it's not a grasping of emptiness or stillness as as an annihilating, as as annihilation. It's not it's not a judgment or a preference. But in this particular uh, state we're in, as a human conscious human being, we're in that we're in that point that. That still point, that where where there's emptiness and where the ten thousand things arise. See, so it's a, it's a perspective we have as human beings. We have a, this. Uh, and see, that's why the Buddha emphasis, the middle way is 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 realizing that still point or that that middle point between the extremes. And that, like when we're mindful, then we're there. When we're not concentrated, like becoming a Brahma a god or something, then then that is that is going to an extreme. So recognize in the in the, in the humanity our very the basic weakness and and uh, uh, corruptibility and and uh, sensitivity and problem. The, 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 the problems of being human, place to be at this time, because the, you have this perspective of a, of the Buddha, this the, the point of inter, to apprehend the point of intersection of the timeless with time, the T.S. Eliot quartet, the point of intersection of the timeless with time is an occupation for the saint. And so that this is the, these are just words, yes, but but that still point. It's not we're not we're not trying to to annihilate or just move into emptiness 
and into uh, into annihilation or or get rid of anything. We're not trying to even get rid of anything, but to to be the witness or the knower, the knowing in that point where that still point where the mind is non-attached, where there's non-attachment, there's, and, the, and the self hasn't. Uh, we're not attached to a view of the self. We have no fixed position. We have we have no no axe to grind, nothing to prove, nothing to become, nothing to get rid of. The the, 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 the conscious experience that is empty. And then then from that because that's what we don't use that's what we're totally oblivious of because we're the, the heedlessness the butuchana the human being that that lives according to the momentum of, of their habits then they're constantly being reborn in, in things it's like you're, we're always going from one thing to another there's never any perspective on, on anything it's just liking or disliking things and, and just uh, the habit of movement, restless movement, and and grasping that we're just helplessly trapped in this in, in this way, and it is miserable, as you all know, to to just be lost in the in the in the confusion of things. So in this, the human, the knowing things as they are, this is, this is what we can do as human beings. We can't, don't try to become a Brahma god or anything, it's not worth it. can't do anything less than, worthless than being that. You're just trying to spend your life trying to, to have magical powers or become a magician or become a, some, some uh, Devada or, or or super normal being, to me, is is missing the whole point. Is kind of betraying the human state, because it's in this human state that we have this 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 teaching is aimed at, at this point. This teaching was given two thousand five hundred years ago. It's not not new age. It's very kind of old age, old fashioned teaching. So it's uh, it's not like it's it's suddenly been discovered by by the new age of prophets. And Taoism is ancient as, as it gets in human as far as we know in human history. So so this this kind of wisdom is is a part of our. I mean, this was before the computer and before. All the clever things we produced. I mean, when life was, you know, on the material level, it was quite primitive uh, compared to what it is now. So it's obviously that when when we open the mind, when we're receptive, then well, there's wisdom operating. We're in touch with with wisdom in this universe. We're not, you know, it's not like like people uh, people that that uh, are not well educated. Uh, have no wisdom, is it? Sometimes the most well-educated people are the most foolish. 
You can go to any university if you want to see a lot of foolish people. <laughs> but if you, but in the, uh, in, 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 and oftentimes you find wisdom in, in, in places where people have no education, where they're illiterate. It's not because of what? Because not because it's not a matter of education, but of openness of the mind, the ability to watch and contemplate, learn, and, and say that receptivity. Where wisdom then is a, is like vision, is an understanding is a, is available to all of us when we open the mind, open the heart, or receptive. And then when we close it off, then we become uh, kinds of things that, uh, that, that block us from that, that cut us off from that, that grace or that lifeline. That which, uh, and so we, we live like dead people, isn't it? We're like dead men. We're just we're walking around uh, like we've been programmed, computer programmed, and we're just Going through the motions, press the button, smile, press this button, frown. You can see, like the four noble truths, that the, the essential teachings are they're tools to develop into that that are they very helpful for looking at very personal things, very frightening, very intimidating, very threatening emotional states. Uh, looking at at everything from the physical to the emotional, mental, but having the ability to realize, you know, get to, to not be overwhelmed, not be caught in the, in the power of the condition of the 10,000 things. So, say in, in Buddhist, then we use that term refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, and that, uh, that's our, re we, we rest in that refuge. And the reason why I use these words now is because like rest and, and, and relinquishment and renunciation and trust, faith, the sense of relaxing into is, is very much uh, something that you know, it's not, you're not trying to take on Buddha Dhamma Sangha as a, some kind of structure that you impose on your mind <clears throat> to become a Buddhist. Not that. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you can convince yourself of anything if you want to. So you can convince yourself to, I believe in Buddha Dhamma Sangha if you want, but it's not very deep. That's just uh, like putting on a costume. Uh, but the this this way is is uh, taking that those symbols, the, the straw figures, and looking to what they're pointing to, like like the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, like the the straw figures. They're, they're, 
they're, they're artificial in themselves, but they're pointing beyond themselves. And they're pointing to something very, to the reality of our own experience. Not from a personal position, but from position of the, the knowing things as they really are. The Buddha, as the conscious, awakened being, and the Dhamma as the truth of the way it is and the Sangha as the, as the human beings who practice accordingly to the truth, who live their lives according to this truth. <laughs>